Baker and Brown's NBA basketball podcast is back. Again, I've done... This is the longest time I haven't done a podcast. A year. Almost a year, Paul. Almost a year. Bad. Well, I think last time it was six months where I didn't do a pod. Um, but here we are. And as as you probably already know, Paul Curtis is on the pod again by uh, popular demand. <laughs> no. That's not true at all. Welcome here. Who, who's demanding that? The people. Yeah. All six of our <laughs> listeners are demanding you. Kyle. Maybe Kyle, Ty. Maybe Ty. Maybe Sam. Maybe Sam. <laughs> Sam might turn the podcast off now that he knows that you're on it right yeah, now. We're gonna chirp. I'm gonna chirp the nuggets the entire time. We're gonna talk about how bad Jamal Murray is. Yeah, no. Anyways, man, thanks for coming on. We'll uh yeah. a couple things. We're just gonna kinda, you know, catch up a bit here on on the league and and we have some mock trades, you know, the trade deadline's coming up on the twenty fifth of March. So have a few things that we're gonna, you know, put in the trade machine and and hear your thoughts on, and, and I know you got trade machine open that we can kind of yeah we're gonna play do around. some free for all. So yeah, bear with us here. Um, first of all, second half of the season's here. You know this season is, I think without a doubt, the strangest NBA season mm-hmm. since, like at least in our lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the the COVID stuff, the drama with the All Star game, players missing time. I know, you know, a lot of people around the league talk about the implications that COVID has had on players, their performance, stuff like that. Do you think that that's going to, you know, now, this past week, the first week back Mm -hmm. from Monster Break, we've had people in the stands, stuff like that. There is some normalcy resuming in the league, but do you think there's still going to be, you know, people are going to blame it on COVID for their player not performing? I think it's so interesting uh, for a number of different reasons. So I think about the bubble experience and the bubble experience had a lot of weird intricacies from players shooting better in the bubble, from obviously yeah. the, the fake home court advantage having absolutely no implications on how games were determined at all, uh, to now them playing with absolutely no fans. Well, not in every case, obviously, sorry, not absolutely, but m- much lower uh, attendance than is typical. And then also to players having different implications outside of the court. And so I even heard the other day, you know, from my inside sources, not too well. <laughs> um, I don't even use Twitter. I don't really use anything. Uh, but obviously the players are having a harder time because they're they're quite restricted, right? So they're also telling family members, you can't do X, Y, and Z. You can't see X, Y, and Z. Because if I test positive for COVID and I'm an all-star on my team, I actually can't even play for this team for the next whatever. Three to four games, depending on how many games they get fit in the certain time that they're out. So that has implications. But then there's also implications that playing without fans on the road can be good. Or even at home can be good, too. I think I know everyone's talked about this almost the entire time. I think being a, a shooter without fans, there's, there's less distractions whether you're at home or on the road, no matter what. And now I don't have the stats in front of me, or I don't even know if we could prove it necessarily after 38 games that shooters will fare better without fans. But there's weird intricacies of players playing in a situation where there's absolutely no fans when they're used to that normally, in that if there is their performance better or is it not better. So yeah, I don't I don't know too much on what the implications will be once we look back at the season and even too and if like will we have fans in the playoffs. So will places like California the LA teams and Golden State. Uh, Golden State's a bit more question mark in that way. But will the LA teams be able to have any fans? 
come the playoffs, right? Now, w- and will those fans have implications on the outcome of games? I don't know. I I would probably say no, but I yeah, I think it's been a yeah. Obviously, everyone says it's been a weird season, and it's hard to totally pinpoint if it's been better for the game and the quality of the game, or if it's been worse for the game. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but, I I think with individual players and indiv- uh, fans who are you know particularly fond of certain players. Yeah, you know, like the big Jason. Tatum guys are going to be like, ah, you know, 2020-21, Tatum had COVID, he's still yeah. recovering, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, where his yeah. career is going to be in five years is really interesting, but I wonder right. if we look back, who I'd say arguably has had one of the hardest years, you know, totally losing his, his mom, dealing with COVID himself, re-injuring his wrist at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and probably on the worst team in the league at this point. Yes. Um, but, yeah, the the dynamic of the fans and the dynamic of, you know, how NBA Twitter, if you will, or, you know, people discussing basketball down the road, will talk about certain players' legacies is impacted by this. Yeah. You know, so guys like LeBron James hasn't, he hasn't really missed a beat, you know, he, and the Lakers somehow miraculously have not had COVID cases really. Yeah. Although Um, they are not doing as well since Anthony Davis been out. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They lost they lost the game to the Kings before the All Star break and they were losing like three I think they lost three in a row. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Kings one was weird. It was just Dennis Schroeder. that was the game LeBron rested and it was just Dennis yeah, Schroeder right. versus yeah, yeah. the Kings, which was was interesting. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's just a weird year. I I d I don't really know what to make of it. I, I just know go, going forward, people are gonna say, Ah, my team you know, don't give them flack for the COVID yeah. year, stuff like that. The COVID year, I think that's going to be like a, a catchphrase, not only in regular life, but after, after as well in NBA life. Do you enjoy watching games as much? Like, I feel like for me as a viewer from TV or League Pass or whatever, a legal stream. Don't put them. We're not saying our sources. No, no, no. no. I obviously your inside never. sources earlier no. and our stream sources. We're not saying. No, I, I I do watch League Pass if I do watch games or whatever. Uh, do you think you as a fan, your experience though, is any different? Because I feel like it's still, I, it feels the same to me when I'm watching them on mm-hmm. TV. I think the excitement of the bubble, like the, the bubble as a whole, I think was done really well by the NBA. Yeah. Despite, you know, the the hell that it was for the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the hype of the bubble was just awesome. And I yeah, think they yeah. did like a really good job of marketing it. And I think I'm still riding that wave. So, oh, you, you know, when I'm, when I turn on a game, it's like, oh yeah, like this is the right. current state of the NBA, uh, you know, post bubble slowly, uh, you know, we're ramping up to fans and everything yeah, like right. that. And, right. and, uh, you know, players are all staying health healthier and no, no players out with health and safety protocols. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm still riding the wave. So I haven't noticed it, but. I mean, you and I, we watched Game 7 of Celtics and Raptors oh, yeah. right totally. before everything hit the fan with COVID. Yeah. And we enjoyed the game. Oh, yeah. You know, was like awesome. that, that was an awesome game. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think the biggest, like, when I watch basketball and the whole point of, like, why I do this podcast is to talk about ball with friends. Totally. So that, for me, if I didn't have that, um, I think it would be a lot worse. Right. But me, when I'm sitting down watching ball, I, I still get a lot out of it. Like, yes, you don't get the crowd reactions and right. you don't get the P 
people trolling in the in the stands and the right. drama, but I still enjoy it. I still I still find value in it. Now, do you enjoy watching ball as much as you enjoy texting the three friends who might disagree with you about ball? As in Sam, Ty, and myself. I enjoy watching it more. Yeah, no, no, no. Is that surprising? No, no. I'm just saying, do you enjoy it? I personally don't enjoy always texting disagreements right. about ball. Period. Yeah, I... I appreciate those text threads um, and those, you know, Twitter, tw- Twitter yeah, rants and everything Twitter, like that. Yeah. But I don't know. I just like watching the sport for what right. it is because, yeah, I love the sport. And, right. and you know, basketball being played at the highest level, I, I'll be there right. no, no matter, you know, what the circumstances are. Right. Because um, I was torn if I enjoy watching it more or if I enjoy texting Sam about if Jamal Murray is a top five defensive player in the NBA kind of conversation. Okay, I think we need to address that. Yeah. I think, so, <laughs> well, do we, I don't even think we need to address it. I don't well, think it's worth who is the time. source? What page? So, NBA, so I can read this to you. This is actually, I'm so happy we're talking about this. So, NBA.com posts whatever. Every, it was NBA.com? Yes. Okay. Every month. They post the ladder of, I, I don't know if they do every award. They definitely do, obviously, MVP is well-documented. Uh, but they also do defensive player of the year ladder, too. And so I think the last one, the very first one, was Gobert, Anthony Davis, Giannis, uh, someone, and Lou Dort. That was I don't know. I, and I think the fourth person was someone we we understand to be there. Miles Turner, I think, would have been there. And this last one, it was Gobert. I think it was the same four, and they swapped out Lou Dort and for Jamal Murray. This is the what time frame is this? Is, you said every week or every, every month. Okay. So I think the first one came out mid-January, second one came out end of February, so maybe a little while. I don't know. I have to go look. I don't have it in front of me. But then it came out and they just put Jamal Murray at five. And I think he would have replaced Lou Dort on that ladder. Well, they had LeBron in there too, so no. It would have been some... Anyway, I'm not super sure the order, but somehow Jamal Murray snuck in. I've never ever watched like a Jamal Murray highlight or watched <laughs> Jamal Murray in general. Totally. And thought... He's a, good He's a good defender. Let alone a top five. And I'm glad we're talking about Jamal Murray because, as the people know, I guarded Jamal Murray in high school. Right. And I did not. I was not looking at his defense at and all. You cooked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That boy was on a hibachi that night. No. Right. Um. I w- I was not cooking no. at all that game. But Jamal Murray is an offensive player. Yeah. He's an offensive star. Yep. He runs the offense. He plays an aggressive, up-tempo game. Yep. You know, he he turns the ball over because he's playing fast and aggressive. And he's, he's a good player. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But I think you and I talk about this a lot. On The, the idea of a player being on an island. Yes. Yeah. So it's the end of a game. Regular season playoffs. Totally. And... You have Kevin Durant. So let's use Kevin Durant mm-hmm. because I think that's a consensus player. Yeah. Who is the consensus player who is the best offensive player in the league when healthy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Totally. We could argue that. But I, the I, best I, scorer I could in agree. the league. Yeah. Yeah. We could. I could agree. Yeah. Sure. Um, just for this thought experiment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Would I want Jamal Murray in my top five players to guard him? Now, I, again, it's like, oh, you can't say that because, you know. Rudy Gobert, who is, you know, analytically and yep. eye test, like overall just one of the best defensive players totally. in the league. Yep. I would also not want him on Kevin Durant. But if we talk about like 
small forward to point guard. And Jamal Murray's a bigger point guard. Yep, totally. I still don't think he's in my top five. Not even close no. to being in your top five. No. There's there's a lot of players so <laughs> in I, front of him. So, anyway, we could talk about this. I was in this text thread with Sam, and I came up with this list of guard, just guard defenders. So, forget wing defenders, forget bigs. Here are the guard defenders who I think are better. And you can, it's funny, we shouldn't spend too much time on this. Right, right. We need to more stuff. Here are the guard defenders that I texted Sam. Yeah. I'm so happy I'm telling you this right now. That I texted Sam, who I think are better defenders. If we're just talking on ball, I, I can't. I don't, I don't watch the game enough to, I mean, I obviously watch basketball, but I don't follow enough to figure out, oh, who's the best health defender? God, I think it's such, such, I, just an eye test piece. Uh, I think Covington, all, man. Yeah, Covington, a lot of people say Covington, too. But, not, maybe not this year. But again, like the best defenders are good health defenders and good on, on ball defenders too. I'm a bit biased, but I always thought of like Draymond Green in his prime. He did both really well too. Agreed. Um, Agreed. So even like Giannis, like I don't love Giannis too, but I think he can do both really well as well. It's just smarter guys who understand the game. Anyway, two of the guard defenders I said who are better. And some of these guys flirt the line between being guards or forwards. So I said Lou Dort for sure a better defender. Marcus Smart for sure a better better defender. Drew Holiday, Kyle Lowry, Kendrick, or sorry, um, not Kendrick, sorry, not me to say, uh, Kendrick Dunn, um, uh, Chris, is it Chris Dunn? No, no, Chris I'm, Dunn, Chris Dunn, on Chicago, the, he's on the Hawks now, oh yeah, he got traded to the Hawks, yeah. sorry, oh, hasn't, hasn't, the listeners are going to cheer, no, no, no he hasn't, he's on the Hawks, fair, now. because yes. he hasn't played for the, he hasn't played a game for them, yes, right. but he got traded, yes, yeah, I yeah. thought you were going to say Kendrick Williams, who would also be a suitable answer, Again, I haven't watched enough Kendrick Williams to understand. Not that my eye test is valid. I think Pat Bev, as a guard, is a better defender than Jamal Murray. I think Mikhail Bridges is at the right Bridges. Yeah. He's also a two. People might say he's a three, but he's a two. Um, really? You think? Okay, interesting. I think DeJounte Murray is also a better guard defender. Uh, I think uh, Thibault is definitely a better guard defender. If we're considering Chris Middleton a two, I think he's a better defender. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, better defender. And then here's another guy for it. But even like Alex Caruso, I'm like, if you had Alex Caruso playing D against any guard, I would take him over Jamal Murray also. And he, again, might play 20 minutes a game. That's fine. And I'd still take Chris Paul over Jamal Murray. On D. Really? Oh, yeah. 100%. Here's the thing. That would Chris be the Paul. hottest out of all those. Chris Paul. The hottest take. No. Every team that Chris Sorry, Paul, if we're if we're looking at the Kevin Durant lens. Yeah. That I would it, be the... That's hard, though, because guards aren't playing Kevin... They're not guarding Kevin Durant. You're going to get a wing, even if he's a, is a worse defending wing, likely guarding Kevin Durant, than you would sure. a great defensive guard. Sure. Okay. So, for instance, yeah. like, take, for example, let's say you had Lou Dort, say you're Oklahoma City, and you had Lou Dort on your team. I guess Oklahoma City is a, a weird example, because I don't even know. I can't even think of that. You're not going to get... I don't, I don't know which wing defender they'd get to guard Kevin Durant, and they're never going to play them. Kendrick Williams, man. Yeah, again, I haven't watched Kendrick Williams. It's okay. Oklahoma's not yeah, not the most league pass friendly. But team. you might still get a wing defender, an average wing defender, to guard a guy like Kevin Durant than you would a great defending guard. Sure. Just to match size. Um, anyway, I say, I say all those names, and the, those are just the guys that I'm thinking, and yet there's still like guys who are maybe... I'm trying to think of examples like uh, Kelly Oubre, Donovan Mitchell, uh, certain guards that I would even take who might be a tier below the guys I just named. Because I think the guys I just named are all very good defenders. Even even like Dejounte Murray and Chris Middleton and Alex Caruso, I still think are great defenders. I would still take that second tier above Jamal Murray. And I, I guess that's why I'm surprised that the NBA 
Yeah. I have to name that. But I think I can speak for both of us. We probably haven't watched every single minute of Nuggets games. Yeah. To you know, give give him the benefit of the doubt. But totally. I just I don't know. I I again I when I think of Jamal Murray and I see him play, I don't. His defense doesn't stick out to me. Totally. You know. Where where are you at? With this MVP discussion right now. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Jokic, uh, sorry, not Jokic. Uh, Embiid got hurt. Yeah. Two to three weeks. Yeah, so I was going to ask. So it's going to hurt. He's out for two to three weeks, hyperextended knee. Yeah. We all saw the injury. It's pretty bad. Yep. He posted Garrison Matthews, and then, you know, stretcher is pulled off and did not, like, just, he was grimacing. Yep. Now, this is the, the, you know, border of, you know, being objective and, and like a nice person, but is his MVP race yeah. over now that he's out for two to three weeks? Yeah, I uh, can Embiid ever play a full like I'm I'm sitting here now and again not that I'm a betting man, but if I was, I have been um, before. It would have been a smart bet to take someone else prior to this injury happening because Embiid was a heavy favorite, not a heavy favorite, but he was a favorite. With betting odds for you to place money on it, but yet anyone who's ever paid attention to the NBA the last five years can tell you that Joel Embiid's one play away from being out exactly yeah. this match, two to three weeks or longer, one to two months. So yeah, I think it's gonna be tough. I I'm trying to think of like what's the quota for games, right? So if it's an 82 game season, which it's not, but if it was, and there was a guy who played 65 games, it's probably just enough. To like crack maybe 65 to maybe 70 is like the golden number right? right where it's like you play 70 games you're probably no matter what happened the 12 games you missed you're probably good enough to be in the discussion you play it less than 70 games probably not so then yeah. 72 games the equivalent would be whatever 62 games say maybe 63 games to be the equivalent percentile now Joel Embiid's not going to play 62 games anymore 63 games so should someone like Jokic who, again, now that Denver's matched their record, or at least Denver's record, is now uh, getting to a point where Jokic's play uh, I'm trying to think, is, is combining well with his team record to put him in a solid position to be MVP. Because he would have been MVP all the way up until this point, but his team record was not that great. Now Denver's been getting hot, and so clearly I think he should be in the discussion. And he, he has been in the discussion the whole time. And then you have LeBron, but now LeBron's like, well, would I, if I had a vote, would I vote LeBron? They've lost whatever. I don't know what the record is without Anthony Davis in the lineup. I'm not saying Anthony Davis is more valuable than LeBron, but they've struggled without Anthony Davis. Like to a point where Lakers fans have been losing their mind. I, I don't, I don't follow it right. that closely on Twitter, but I know certain Lakers fans, if you follow Twitter, losing their mind about the streak they were on pre All Star break. Yeah, and then I know they won. I think they won last night or two nights ago. Last night. Anyway, I say that because I'm like, I don't know if LeBron should be the number one either. So maybe it's now Jokic's position to win. So I would say if Denver can have a top three seed in the West, which is doable, I think both LA teams aren't looking so great, and they can sneak behind Utah and Phoenix, and maybe one of those two falls. But they could have a top three to four rec- rec- record in the West, and Jokic continues to play the way he has. He leads in every single advanced stat, Jokic is number one. Right. So I think they, again, I don't know, I couldn't totally tell you why. Yeah. But if you go win shares for 48, if you go value over replacement player, VORP is a stat. He leads both of those by a significant margin. Yeah. And so, I I think it'd be tough for him to lose. But when I think of MVP, because there's this 
whole narrative going on where people are like, hey, it's a regular season award. You know, you can't knock James Harden for, and I know you would agree with this, you can't yeah. knock James Harden a couple of years ago for getting MVP and then disappearing in the playoffs. Yeah. Because his MVP season where he's averaging over 30 points a game. Yeah. Is, that's the criteria. Now, I look at it in in the modern, not modern, just this season. I When I think of MV, MVP, I use the lens of the most unstoppable player in the league. Right. And I have to show my boy from high school, Oliver, Oliver Sangster. He, him and I were uh, tweeting at each other yesterday, talking about the Celtics and yeah. Tristan Thompson and that whole situation. Tristan Thompson is the most unstoppable player. <laughs> yes, that, that's where I'm going with this. Yeah. But he he said, uh, nobody can stop Embiid. The only person that can stop Embiid is, is his body. Yes. And I, I think agree. I think that was true before the All Star break, and before yeah before the All Star break before COVID, he he or he was contact tracing. He was out at the yeah. latter half there of the first half of the season. He was absolutely unstoppable. Yes. It, and, you know, to talk about mid, mid-range game is dead. That guy's mid-range game, off the charts. Totally. He is an absolute force of nature. Yep. And he's such a, such a tough guy to guard. The, what, go, what Jokic and LeBron, and LeBron will, I think, have this going for him for as long as he's in the league, is they're just so multidimensional. And we saw him... Yeah, meaning they're passing. Like their passing is a yes. big thing. Yeah, and Embiid was actually passing at a, in a like a really improved way. I think yep. Zach Lowe talked about this. Uh, you know, he's passing the ball a lot better. He's finding shooters. Uh, you know when he's when they have shooters on the floor. That's right. That's right. Shout out to Darren Moore, Maury. Um, and he's passing out of double teams as the double teams coming, not when he's already trapped. Yep. And he's just unstoppable. So I really think if he played the full 82 games, not even, like you said, six, yep. what do you say, 63? Yep. I think he would get it. Yes. Because he's the most unstoppable player in the NBA. With the best record in the East. With the best record in the East. And the Sixers have, I think, finally figured it out. Yep. And, you know, whether you want to credit that to the Doc effect, Tobias Harris uh, playing up to his contract. Yeah. Whatever, however you want to slice that. That's fine. The Sixers are good. They're they're forced to be right. Yeah, yeah. And I think we'll see them make some moves uh, before the trade deadline here, which we'll talk about. But yeah, Tobias Harris is crazy. So I I don't know if people listening to the pod ever care about what I have to say, but I've slept on Tobias Harris' contract. And again, I don't know if he's playing up to. I might push back a lot. I don't know if he's playing up to getting almost a max. I think he's got a max. He get max contract for what he was worth. Uh, and he signed the maximum amount he could possibly sign given. His rights or whatever. Given the qualifications yeah. and bird rights and all that stuff. Or lack of bird rights, I guess. Anyway, because whatever, he's getting paid $180 million over five years. And I'm like, it's Tobias Harris, the fourth best player on a team worth that much money. And I'm like, he might be better than that. But he's been great this year. Really good. And he's shooting really well. Uh, and he's, he's leading. He's especially leading, yeah. when Simmons and Embiid have been out. Totally. And also, I don't... It's funny with... With especially Simmons and Embiid, I think I view them more as like their personalities come across as very young, right? You know, yeah. Whereas I don't see Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid rallying their team. Whereas a guy yeah. like Tobias Harris, yeah, a leader, he's just a leader, and yeah. so I I respect that and I see that like you know in his 
his, I don't even know where he's from. His Tennessee, where's he from? His his accent's awesome, but he, uh, um, yeah, he just he just you know allows those his players those those role guys, uh, you know, encourages the Dwight Howards and the yeah. He is from Tennessee. He is from Tennessee. Yeah. Did he play with Robert Covington? Didn't Robert Covington go to Tennessee? Robert Covington did go to Tennessee. Yeah, he has a practice facility named after him now. Covington. Covington does. Yeah. 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 So were they there at the same time? Ah man, I college. I'm I'm a loser when it comes You're to college up. ball. Yeah, yeah, right. I did watch Georgetown and beat Creighton today, which was awesome. But yeah, back to, like Tim Bead, man. I yeah, think right. it really sucks when a player goes out two to three weeks, just getting back from the All Star break, just getting back from the COVID situation, and it's again what we started, what we opened the podcast with. Yep. Guys who are diehard MB and Bead fans are gonna say, hey. Do you remember how good Joel Embiid was before he hyperextended his knee? Yeah. And, you know, again, how his career is going to be in five years is I'm very, very interested in that. Totally. But it'll it'll be, um, you know, there'll be an asterisk or however, which way you want to cut it. But right. there's going to be some dialogue about, you know, this injury. And so it sucks. I, I hope he recovers well. And I, ho- I think, you know, if Philly's smart, I'd, I'd hold him. Hold him out until he's ready. Yeah. Because you're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so I, I make sure he's ready to go come playoff time. Do you think Philly's team right now, the way it's constructed with, and I'm just going to say the closing lineup, at least when I was watching the Jazz game, could have been Embiid, Harris, uh, Simmons, Green, Green, and Curry. And then they also, depending on the possession, they would swap Curry out with Thibault. Yeah. At least, at least the Jazz game before the All-Star break, when they went to OT, the game that I watched. Yeah. That was kind of the way it was. That was one of the, probably the greatest games of the season, I think. Oh, it was unbelievable. And that's a whole showcase of Joel, Joel Embiid. Yeah. Almost in every way, he is supplementing his team by making them better. Like you mentioned, passing, shooting, the post. I don't even. I can't even think of the second. I can't even think of how far away the second best post player in the NBA is to Joel Embiid. Right. And it's Cantor, second best post player in the NBA. He was going off tonight people against love, the Wolves. People love and it's Cantor. I was listening to an interview with Marquise Chris, and he said Marquise Chris. Did I say his name? No, I didn't say his name right. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was so innocent. Yeah. <laughs> No, I did. As his name's Marquis Chris. Like the player, Marquis Chris. The player, Marquis Chris. Is talking about Ennis Cantor. He's talking about Ennis Cantor. Oh Someone asked goodness. him who the hardest player to guard in the paint is, and he said Ennis Cantor. Isn't that interesting? Marquis Chris said that. Yeah. Okay. Again, for what it's worth, like Marquis Chris has played whatever, a handful of games in the NBA. Not a handful. He's been in the league for four years now. I like Marquis yeah. Chris. Uh, it seems like a really intelligent guy too. Are you serious? Yeah. No, no. Because okay, when he plays, he. Anyways, I I am not the biggest Marquise Chris. Really? Player. No. I think he's a pretty good. When like, I think of Marquise center. Chris, I think of his days in Phoenix, just shoving Rick Rubio. Uh, again, when they were playing the Jazz. Anger issues. My favorite Marquise Chris moment is when he blocked John Collins. Have you seen that block? We'll we'll have to pull it up after we're done recording. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent. Go ahead. I was making a point. Yeah. Joel Embiid in the post. Anas Kander being the second. I don't think Anas Kander might be the second. There's probably better posts. Demont Sabonis, another guy I think of in the post. Yeah. Good. Anyway, Joel Embiid, any point on the floor, can score in any, any way. Is the way the Philadelphia 76 is constructed. 
their closing lineup is that good enough right now to compete with Brooklyn or right. Milwaukee? Well, you're, I think it's perfect. You're segueing into our our mock trade ideas. Our, we're yeah. going to do a couple trade scenarios. Yeah. Um, and then the obviously the elephant in the room, which pertains to Philly, is Kyle Lowry. Yes. So does Kyle Lowry swap, you swap Lowry out for Thibel or Curry? Yeah. Uh, in I that, wouldn't include Curry in the trade, though. Right. So, okay. Theoretically, be, okay. We let's just talk. Let's just talk yeah. about this. So, obviously, if Lowry goes to the Sixers, which he would want to do, which he would want to do, he's from Philly. Yes. Uh, he's a contender. He, I think, he would fit the the culture. He'd be a, a guy who would Tobias Harris would like be like, dude, you're the leader here. Like you, oh, you, yeah. you won a championship. You lead us. Yeah. Um. So I think in that scenario, Curry would still be in that starting five. I would think for salary purposes, Danny Green would not be in the Sixers. Yes. Now, do I think Danny Green gets rerouted to the Raptors? Probably not. I think there would have to be multiple yep. teams involved in that trade. Because, um, but are you asking if that five currently yeah. could... Like if you're Daryl Morey, yeah. you're sitting there with all your homies up top and right. you're like, man... Do I have a chance against Brooklyn in a seven-game series? Or, again, I say Milwaukee, but I really think it will come down to Brooklyn. Do you think the way that the team, if they just left it, they didn't make any moves to the deadline, would you think they have a chance? Or, or like, how much of a chance do you think they'd have to compete with Brooklyn? I, this might be a hot take. I think they do. Right now? Yes. So, yeah. let's go through the, let's go through the closing lineup. So, we said Philly. Let's go through Brooklyn's closing lineup. Yep. Okay. Bruce Brown. Okay, sure. At the five, I don't know. Kevin Durant at the five. I w- I would say Harris. Yeah, and then Harris, and then the big three. So Blake Griffin. No is, way. It's not closing. No. Bruce Brown. There's no way. DeAndre Jordan's not closing. I'm curious to know how many minutes Blake Griffin's gonna get. Period. You're right. Like like he's okay, coming off the bench. Like if you had to think, if I sell you 18 minutes a game, would you bet go over under for Blake Griffin? No, no. If I said 15 minutes a game. Would you go over on different players? I'd smash the over on that. You think he's hitting 16 minutes a game? Yes. Where's he? Who's he taking minutes from? Yeah. John Ray Jordan? No, Jeff Green. Really? You think Blake Griffin's better than Jeff Green? I do, no, I absolutely don't think that. Do I think that Blake Griffin's going to take minutes from him? Yes. Nick Claxton? Should, Nick's Cla- Nick Claxton? Again, I haven't watched a lot of Claxton, but people like Claxton. Oh, he is good. His PR? Unreal. Yeah. He's, he's a good player. He's going to take minutes, though, because he's Blake Griffin. So if you go through the closing lineups, Simmons is on Durant. I think that's yeah, a given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a given. Curry or Thibel is on Kyrie. No, Curry is gonna guard Joe Harris. Without a doubt in my mind. They'll hide him on Harris in the corner. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. A hundred that's like without right. a doubt. And then Thibel okay. would be on Kyrie. Okay, but then Danny Green's off the floor. Oh no, Danny Green can, no, he's there with Embiid. I'm getting confused. So, okay, so Curry, Green, Simmons, Embiid, Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's two Harris's, so we can't. Miss. That's right. That's right. So, so I, I honestly think you take Curry out at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it depends on the play of the game. But I'm thinking if, like, if you're in the last three minutes, like, again, I think Doc will sub out Curry for Thibel right. at certain points. So if Thibel's out there, he's guarding Kyrie. Sure. Yeah, and then you maybe hide Harris. On Harris. On Harris, who also, I don't think, again, I haven't watched a, 
enough really to totally make it. And not like I'm paying attention to Tobias Harris on defense. Yeah. He at times in his career hasn't been the sure. most reliable defender on Iceland. Again, they might and they they might switch that right where they might call for a switch on him to be on whoever, or even Embiid to be on Durant up top well, too. Right? I was like, just thinking because here's the thing: who's guarding Embiid? I don't think I, here's the. This is is it Jordan because of size? Yeah, well, is it Jordan Green? when you be on the floor? Jordan, you, none of the guys be on the floor. Right, you gotta remember Bruce Brown's yeah, love. But there. it won't matter. Though. Bruce Brown is guarded by Danny Green. I, I agree. I think Embiid's a problem, but I think Embiid's gonna be a problem no matter what lineup, no matter almost what team they're playing. Right. Whether well, I don't, I don't. Again, they're playing the Jazz. We saw it the other night. He bulldozed Rudy Gobert. So I'm like, if I had to pick one defender in the NBA to guard Joel Embiid, it might be Rudy Gobert. I, I don't know who else is, I would pick in that list. Covington? Yeah, no, Covington, he's lost a step. He, sure, but he knows Embiid. Yeah, he knows thing. Embiid, but there's like a few other guys you could think of too, like Miles Turner. Sabonis, Miles yeah, Turner Sabonis or Turner would be. Sabonis is not that good on D. I would not. So I, no. I think Sabonis is almost becoming overrated with how people talk about him. I'm not a huge Sabonis guy. Really? Interesting. No, yeah, he's not the, anyway, so we're, we're going we're on to yeah. I said because I don't think it's going to matter who covers Joel Embiid. Yes, does it pose problems. They'll probably put Brown on him. I don't think they'll put Kevin Durant on him just to risk Kevin Durant fouling. I don't right. think that'd be worth it. And again, Durant would, I think, get bulldozed too, even though I think Durant's a great defender. Yeah. But you, but the Lowry thing, you think getting Lowry and giving up, yeah, presumably yeah. Danny Green, Mike Scott, Fiebel, Maxi, like Maxi would have to be in the deal, yeah. Right. And picks. That's worth it to compete with Brooklyn. Yes. Why well, I, I again I just like Kyle Lowry. I was trying to think of my favorite players in the NBA the other day. And for listeners of the show, I don't know if you've heard this. So my uh without a doubt, two of my favorite players in the NBA are um Steph Curry, he's probably my favorite player. And then not probably, for sure my favorite player. And then I love guys like Chris Paul. And then on my list after Chris Paul, my list gets kind of wonky. Then I love Kyle Lowry. And the other day, I was like, I love Jimmy Butler, too. And obviously, Jimmy Butler's one of my favorite players. Um, I love shooters. I love Duncan Robinson. I love even Seth Curry. I'm a big fan of. Um, and so I, I say that because I'm like, I was like, I really do love Kyle Lowry. And the, I think the reason I like Kyle Lowry is because no matter what he's doing on the floor, whether you want him handling the ball, whether you don't want him handling the ball, whether you want him playing defense, he's going to bring value to a team in any situation at any point in the game, whether he's on the floor or not. Oh, sorry, obviously, if he's not on the floor, no contribution, whether he has the ball or not. So, I think closing lineup of Kyle Lowry, uh, Curry, Simmons, Harris, and Bede might not beat Brooklyn, but I think there's a better chance to compete against Brooklyn than having Thibault or Danny Green or having some rotation of whoever in that one or two spot. Do you think Lowry's a better defender than Thibault? That's a good question. I think Lowry, I trust Lowry more in big moments of big games more than I trust Thibault. Right, Thibault but offensively Thibault or defensively? Yeah, I, I'd say I think it's pretty hard. There's moments with Thibault, right? Is he the... like? There's some defensive moments with Thibault that I've watched, and some of which is not live, some of which is just on YouTube. You and I have watched Thibault. Oh, no, no, I, I've searched him on my own. Thibault, there's some moments with Thibault. It's like, could he be an elite, if not one of the best guard defenders in the NBA? I've thought that. And I really like the guy who Thibault is. I think he's smart. And he's he hit five steals in the first half the other night. So I, there's certain things with Thibault that I really like. 
I don't think the defense is that overwhelmingly. Like, I think Kyle Lowry is also a great defender too. I of think course. He I think he should have got more all defensive buzz last year. Last year, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, but I, he might. You could make an argument that maybe on ball, Kyle Lowry is thirty five years old. Dival's twenty one. Right. Like, would you rather against Kyrie Irving though? Yeah. Again, I don't, I don't know if if it's that significant. Really. I think again, you could make an argument. I just, is it? I think you could make an argument. I would say is it though. Is it like that? Like man, like every time, no matter what. Yeah, I've seen Thibel shut down Kemba Walker, which you can't. Kemba and Kyrie, I don't think, at this point in their career, are super comparable. At one point, right. yes, Kyrie has another level yep. to him offensively. I would, but if you have a guy who has some size. Right. Really fast hands, Thibel. I think that is a huge, huge asset to have. Sure. I don't know if I'd sit here on the pod on the record. Obviously, people are following my record. If I'd say, man, I'm taking Kyle Lowry. I think there's a point where it's like if you if we're sitting there and we're in the Eastern Conference Final, and it's Game Six, and you tell me right, it's, it's kind of hard to quantify. You tell me I want Matisse Thibel on Kyrie last possession of the game or Kyle Lowry. I still might take Kyle Lowry. And I think that might be more of an intuition thing, a trust thing. Right. Like he's been there before. He's been there before, yeah. He can handle the pressure. Uh, and not that Thibault talent-wise is worse than Kyle Lowry at this point. I'm not I'm not trying to say that. I think it might be more of if you put the pressure on these kind of players, even defensively in a big game, I still might take Kyle Lowry. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I think... And, and, that, and, that, and forget about the offense. Like, Thibault has been pretty bad. Well, offensively, you have your answer in Embiid. So I don't, yeah. I don't think even, even if you lose some shooting with Curry off the floor, yeah, you have your offensive answer in Embiid. Yeah. Unless I think if they're Curry, ballsy and have Durant guard him, which I'd be very interested yeah. to see how that pans out. But, anyways. But they're not gonna get Durant to guard Embiid. They'll get Bruce Brown to guard. No, him. I know, but it, and yeah, I don't think that's the right move necessarily to have Durant on Embiid, but just to, just to see, hey, what happens. You know the probably the quickest and like longest yeah. guy out of Brown would get torched though probably too still. Bruce Brown yeah on Embiid yeah it'd be a bit small. oh yeah they wouldn't get Bruce Brown no I I I think you'd have to sense so you'd have to sense for that for kids like that's <laughs> dude there's no way <laughs> no I know he's so he's small and he'd get torched hundred percent yeah you're right they would I don't know what they would do listen can, to the, can listen we, to the okay. are gonna get chirped are gonna chirp me. I have no idea. They they would probably just have to swap in. Yeah, they might have to get Durant too, or they just help. Yeah, or they, or they make one more move out of their ass. I don't know. Maybe they, yeah, dude. It's dude. tough. It is it tough might not to make matter it. though. This is not my no, take. and that's the thing. You live with Embiid scoring fifty. You you let him go because there's absolutely no way Harden, Kyrie, and Durant are getting shut down for. A oh, dude, game. we didn't even say Harden and Brooklyn's closing five. Yes. It's oh, okay. We're idiots. So that's just what I'm saying. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I get it. I'm like, it's just a point where it's you have no idea what's going. Okay, I for the record, we are not the first people who who forget that James Harden is on the. Oh, nets. I I don't think I forgot. I think you might have forgot. I was sitting there the whole time, but it's not hard defensively. He might lock in. Like I could see Harden locking in, defensively and be like, "Yep, I can be there. I can make plays." Uh, again, people always talk about Harden in the post. Not that bad. Harden in isolation. Uh, getting switched, switched on to might struggle. I think against certain individuals. Now maybe he might not struggle against 
any of the 76ers players, but I think if you play Boston in the series and they would switch him onto Tatum, Brown, or even Kemba, I think, in an isolation, he might he might get torched. But anyway, I say that because I'm like, I just don't think it'll matter for Brooklyn to have Embiid get 50. I don't know. Yeah. We talked about Blake Griffin briefly, and Blake Griffin kind of falls in, he, obviously his offseason move is made. Um, there's a couple of these older bigs, especially, that yeah. are just tough guys to trade. So, like the latest report out of San Antonio, LaMarcus Aldridge is done. Yep. His career as a Spurs over. Andre Drummond, we're still waiting for that. DeMarcus Cousins, we're still waiting for that move. There, and PJ Tucker uh, as well, you can throw him in there. Like, veteran guys, I'm not going to go through and say who, who I think is better. I think it's pretty obvious. Yep. But those, PJ Tucker is a bit of an anomaly, and Cousins, because their contracts are manageable. PJ Tucker's only getting yep. 7.9. Cousins is nine, not like almost 8 million. Right What's that? Cousins isn't even signed anywhere. He's a... Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. But like, did did Houston buy him out, or what's his? Deal? I don't understand his. Deal. I can, I could talk about Houston for a long time. I don't, I don't know if I want to fully get into it, but they're they've mutually decided. Like that's the whole reporting. Aldridge is the same way. They've mutually decided to part ways. They mutually decided to find other suitors. But did I say Drummond too? Like Drummond. Drummond the same thing. That's been going on for a while. We're still waiting on that. On that. Those. Certain those contracts, Lamarcus Aldridge twenty four million, Drummond twenty, I think yeah. twenty on million. Those are tough contracts to play with. Like you have, like Blake Griffin as well. Yep, same thing. Yeah, you know, Detroit paid what thirteen million or something to to buy him out. Yeah, that is insane. Yeah, and these guys who are kind of falling off a cliff. Injuries have a lot to do, like. Pretty common in all of those guys, minus P.J. Tucker, yeah. maybe minus Drummond, have had pretty bad injuries. You know, Lamarcus Aldridge, yeah. history of injuries. Uh, Blake Griffin, obviously, history of injuries. And those guys are just tough contracts to trade. Um, like, what do you think of that, the idea of these, you know, whether it's like a sour summer 16 contract or just like an obscure contract that they got? What do you think of those, like, buyout transactions and these you know guy like Blake like even a guy like Blake Griffin getting yeah. bought out and going to the Nets because it's like hey maybe I can get a championship before I yeah. hang it up like I, I look at the LaMarcus Aldridge news mainly and I'm like who really wants LaMarcus Aldridge I don't know if you've watched yeah. much Spurs not good it's not good like he literally looks like he's hurt like he's in pain yeah right he's, he, he's old he's old he cannot defend and I just, it's just so interesting to me that these guys are like, okay, I, I'm not going to be here. I, like, I don't know if Aldridge is just not happy that he's not, like, he can't stay on the floor yeah, right. or what, but these like bio transactions, even Drummond too, Drummond got traded for a second round pick. Yeah, right. What now? Totally. Like Blake Griffin had some leverage, I think a lot, a lot of help from the Nets you know, he's got DeAndre Jordan, him and Kyrie are apparently yeah. really close. You know, having those guys go to bat for you, that's one thing. But who's yeah. batting for LaMarcus Aldridge? Yeah, right. Who's batting for Andre Drummond? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm still a bit going off on how I thought Bruce Brown could have any 
shouting at Joel Embiid when he get torched and they make a movie about that. But uh, I think there's a point of, um, and I know Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge might not fit the mold, but paying bigs, I'm not saying this is Blake Griffin or LaMarcus, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, an excessive amount of money I think has proven to be a problem. Right. So then there's tons of contracts, not just bigs, right? There's tons of bad contracts in the league. But it seems pretty obvious what ages well, or what has aged well the last five years is, is shooting in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And so now we're at a point with guys like Andre Drummond. And again, Blake had moments with shooting. I know two years ago he was shooting okay in Detroit. Um, there was one, who was the other example that he gave where he, his contract's aging really poorly. All. Sorry, Aldridge, Drummond, and Blake. And, and all those twos had moments with shooting, too. I know on the Spurs, they let him shoot threes for, I think, one season. He shot threes, and then he stopped. But almost every year in Portland, he never shot threes at all, too. Yeah, he was the long two. Yeah, totally. And he's and he's his, he was shooting a decent percentage from there. Again, I still don't think it'd be worth it for him to continue to shoot mid-range. But I think certain bigs signing with big contracts makes them very challenging to trade. And that's why even I look at Gobert, and I have a hard time thinking... That thirty-four-year-old Gobert is going to be worth. He's thirty-four. Eh? No, no, well, no. Oh, no, he's twenty-eight. Like, whoa. Twenty-eight, turn twenty-nine, twenty-eight, yeah. or twenty-nine. But his contract's going to be up when he's thirty-four, and so he's going to be getting paid in his year thirty-four contract. Uh, he's on whatever he signed two hundred five million dollars over five years. Right. So he'll be getting paid forty million dollars. Thirty-four-year-old Rudy Gobert. Like there's no. That's going to be a massive negative contract in uh, five years from now. So. I think it's just a, a problem with bigs and the way the NBA is going and age and how there are certain ways that you age that shooting can keep your value, but if you can't shoot, your value is going to plummet. And I think right. for guys like Aldridge and Drummond, I feel bad for Drummond, man. Like Drummond's still young. He's not even that old, but he's paid a massive amount of money. He's not that good at things that he does. His defense has dropped off quite a bit from where it was in Detroit. Not that it was ever amazing to begin with. People would talk about his rebounding and whatever. Um, but I think the value that they bring to a team in closing out a game, not being able to shoot, not being a defense specialist, is not going to help them. Right. So. Yeah, agreed. So that's, that's again, I guess, my point is that when you age, your defense is going to drop as a big. And if you can't shoot, then what value do you bring to a team that could ever win a championship? And now yeah. you're getting paid a stupid amount of money, so why would anyone ever want you to begin with? So, yeah, agreed. But Let's run through a couple well, I'm in. trades here. I have a few too. I don't have trade okay. machine in front of me anymore. But. No worries. Let's. I got a couple here. I mentioned PJ Tucker. Yep. Obviously, he wants to go to a contender. Yep. PJ Tucker for Romeo and Lang, Romeo Langford, and Daniel Tice. No picks. I no. The money works. The, those three players. Dude, there's yeah sure. And then you you have to trade at least a pick. Sure. Why, why would Houston do that? I think Langford... Okay. Boston, Boston gives them a... Or are you saying Boston should give them a pick? Boston should give them a pick. Or some... Like I, do you like Romeo Langford? You Romeo Langford... No, give me pay, if you give me Payton Pritchard and I'm Houston, I'll do the deal. Payton Pritchard and Tice. Right. I don't, I don't do know if salaries I'm match for that? I, I'm not sure. Go through with that? Langford and Tice for Tucker? Yes. So then you just throw in Payton Pritchard. I just, there's I, no way, do they, like, why would Houston do that? Okay, so I, again, I said I could talk about Houston for so long. Eric Gordon's out for 46 weeks. Yes, saw that. Oladipo wants out. Cousins wants out. 
PJ Tucker Watson open. Yeah. Who? What is going on? You you're yeah, you are rebuilding. Yeah. I I tweeted out it is the ultimate layover destination in the NBA. Right. Karis Levert was there. Jared Allen was there. They moved on from those contracts. Who knows why? Jared Allen. He was traded in the in the Harden deal, and then they moved him to the Cavs. Oh, I just I never even assumed that he was on Houston to begin with that deal. That was the original reporting, and then Indiana came in, came Cleveland. Like, it, oh, it ended up being a four I understand four that. team deal at the oh, end of the day. Had, yeah, sure, it's just semantics. I get what you're right. saying. Right. Yeah. But so you you really have Jay Sean Tate and Christian Wood. Yeah, and I love Christian Wood. I love Christian Wood too, but I feel bad for the guy because if he's left with this debilitated roster, if I'm John Wall, yeah. what am I thinking right now? Yeah. I came to play with DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins is out the door. Right. You're going to be paid a stupid amount of money. Right. You have no supporting cast. Yeah. I don't think John Wall cares at this point. No, I don't think so either. I think John Wall is like, give me my paycheck. And right. My I'll, do my, I'll do my thing. Yeah. Yeah. But if if John Wall is honestly not great. I don't hate John Wall. I don't think he's awful. But I, he's not worth his contract. But So if I can take a flyer on Romeo Langford, some young prospect who apparently, I you know, I haven't seen him play that much. He hasn't played that much. He's always been hurt. And I can get like a prime Daniel Tice, even as awful as that right. may be. Uh, which Tice, he's a serviceable player. Right. I think he's proved that. To split minutes with Justin Patton at center in Houston. Yeah. And I get Tucker because it's more beneficial for Boston. I will say that because Boston is having an issue where Brad Stevens and I, I was in a, a tweet thread with, with Sam about this on, on Twitter. Boston is having an issue playing two centers at the same time. They're playing Tristan Thompson and Tice or Tice and hold up. Let me rewind. You were in a spit or spat on Twitter with Sam about basketball. Mm-hmm. You sure that was the same Sam that I know, dude? I don't think you'd ever really want to do that with your brother. <laughs> Sam just wouldn't get out. You can say anything on Sam. I'm just going to be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he said Boston says no. but And Boston says no to that deal he just said to me. Sam's so wild about stuff. But why does Boston say no? They like Romeo Langford? They think Daniel Tice is going to help them he, win a he, championship? He, he doesn't think Tucker's an upgrade from Tice. Why? Uh, again, this we get, if we had Sam on the pond here, I'm sure he'd get fired and up. And is Sam saying that what, it's just because Peter Tucker? Do you want me to pull up the thread? No, no, you don't need to pull up the thread. I'm just sitting there being like, this is a classic Sam take. You know what I mean? Like, taking one thing. Like, Peter Tucker's played bad for whatever, 15 games this year. Not even played bad. He's just yeah. getting old, I guess. There's no way locked in Peter Tucker in a competitive playoff series would mail it in. I right. can't imagine that. I just think Boston could use a corner three shooter, someone who's confident in the playoffs, He's been there before. He's been there before, who just solves this. You need to lose a center. I never understood the Tristan Thompson signing in the offseason. Robert Williams is awesome, as every as everyone knows. But he's not there yet. No, he uh, he's an absolute. I said I tweeted out he's a defensive IQ liability. Really. Oh, dude. I, you've he looks, a, he looks a bit lost. Like, he's lost out there. Mm-hmm. Right. I need a team. Switch, like, switches. He's okay, but, like, help help side, he's, he's tough. He just very reactionary, like, 
goes for pump fakes. Jumpy. Rotations is very poor. And DJ he, would help. I think he would help. But again, and if, and if I'm Houston, I'm saying screw it. Like this roster is being blown up. I feel right. bad for their coach Stephen Silas. Like his first year, and he's gone through all this crap. But yeah. he'll, he'll he won't get. I don't think he'll get fired though. Oh he'll, no, he'll of course not. I I really hope that'd be super strange. Like players like, like I like Jesus. Yeah, he's been yeah. good. So you got Christian Wood. That's great. You got Jay Shante, who looks like a stud. What, you don't like Christian Wood? No, I just don't like Romeo Langford, Daniel Tice, or P.J. Tucker. Like, I'd rather just let Tucker walk. He's expiring this year, right? He's expiring, but... I'd he, rather just let him walk. He... Like, unless you give I, the asset, like, future assets... Yeah, maybe they stiff arm him and be like, dude, you didn't do anything to help us, you know, get past the Warriors in those, those years, but I don't know. Maybe. I'm just saying, unless you give me assets that are going to help me in 2028, right. <laughs> when Houston's good... Maybe not through that. It might be long. Maybe 2025 when they're good. Which Daniel Tice, I promise you, Daniel Tice and Romeo Langford will not be playing in Houston's on Houston's team in 2025. Right. Unless Romeo Langford, and there's no way. No, there's no way. So I'm like, unless you give me a potential asset to help that, why would I do it if I'm Houston? Yeah. yeah. You're not. You're not paying Tucker into next year. It's not like it's a salary you need to keep. To or it's not like you're worried about playing his salary. No, maybe you have a good run and you can bring Dude, him back. Give me it. any pick. Give me a first round pick of any sort, or mm-hmm. give me a Peyton Pritchard. I don't know who else. I do. Boston doesn't have too many. A- they have an asset issue, I think, in terms of like. If I look through Boston, you watch Boston way more than I do. Justin Brown, Tatum, you're not going to trade Kemba. Could be tradable, but probably not, and definitely not going to help a team like Houston in 2025. So then their assets are like, okay, certain guys are zeros. So Robert Williams maybe has some trade value. Uh, other Williams, what's his first name? Grant. Grant Williams could have some trade value, not a lot. Grant Williams, good defensively, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. Good defensively, uh, could have some value, but probably not. He's, he's the poor man P.J. Tucker. Yeah, and I, I like, he, he, there's moments with him where you're like, okay, like he really tries hard. Marcus Smart could have some value. Well, a lot of value because he's one of the only tradable contracts. Yep, but they're probably not going to trade him because if they're going to win now with Tatum and Brown, Smart will probably be around. They they still might like obviously any package. Smart's I've seen Smart involve a lot of package. So it's like okay, well then who are the assets after that? So Payton Pritchard could be tradable. Neesmith probably not. Like I don't perceive any value. He's been shooting the ball anywhere he's... near the clip that he shot in college. No, no, probably not going to trade him. So then it's like a semi Ojale, probably not going to trade. <laughs> Does semi Ojale have any value? Just, is Zemi Ojale a meme? Like, does he actually, like, uh... He's had a good... He's probably had his best year this year. I will say that. Because I remember when he was coming out of... SMU. Yeah, I remember. He's coming out of SMU, and there was some, and he fell, so he was going to be a bit higher. He shoot the ball pretty well. And there was some, like, Jay Crowder, I remember, comparisons with Sammy Ojale. And I was a little bit like, oh, I kind of like Sammy Ojale. But it's like, I'm like, Brad Stevens, like, what are you doing, dude? Like, does he... There, like, there was, I think it was, like, not a few nights ago, a few games ago. I think he played like 25 minutes. Oh, he's Se- playing Semi, a lot. Semi played, played 25 minutes. I told you, he's having his best year. But To have your best year, you need minutes. Yeah, I, you're right. <laughs> Boston's not having their best year, though, anyway. Okay, let's move on. That one, I don't know where we I'm just going to say, I, here's where I'm landing on that. I'm like, you better give me at least Peyton Pritchard or a future first-round pick, and you can protect it however you want. Uh, yeah, There's no I, way Romeo Langford and Daniel Tice. That absolutely zero percent chance <laughs> that's ever happening. Okay, next one. Denver and the Bulls. Okay. Denver and Chicago. 
Gary Harris for Thomas Sadoransky and Larry Markkinen. Denver would probably have to throw, throw, in, a, throw in a pick. An they, have a, pick. they have a 2021 pick from the Thunder. They have a 2021 pick from the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It was, what I, deal did that come in? That was Is part that... of Kelly Oubre getting, like... They, they had Kelly, Kelly Oubre was traded to the Thunder as well as Ricky Rubio this past offseason yeah. before they moved on to the Warriors and Wolves, yeah. respectively. And I believe there was a pick involved there, if it I'm not mistaken. Like second round pick, yeah, I don't have it in front of me, but... Laurie Markkinen. And Sadoransky. For Gary Harris. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Why would Chicago do that? Because... Why would they ever want Gary Harris over Laurie Markkinen? Because they're one of the worst defensive teams. I know that they're bad. That's true. And like, what is but what Markkinen, is marketing has got value. Uh, uh, yes, as a scorer. Period. That's it. Yeah, he's not that good defensively. It's a problem. Actually, guarding fours on D. He's made out of glass. He can. He's a stretch four that I think would pair really well with Jokic. Oh, he would look great in Denver. I just cannot imagine a world where I'm Chicago and I'm like, yeah, like I'll take Gary Harris at 28 years old. Right. For Lowry Markkinen. And no other assets. Like, I'm like, is Lowry Markkinen... You think about Michael Porter Jr.? Like, how much more valuable is... I'm not saying you trade those two. I'm, I'm not making that comment. Right. I'm just saying, like, is, would Lowry Markkinen have less value than Michael Porter Jr.? Less value? It's probably the same. Like, I think it'd be around the same. Oh, I th- I, I think MPJ is higher than... Really? Mar- Markkinen, yeah. He's also made out of glass, too. I know he's had COVID this year, so sure. COVID things have been a bit of a damper. Yeah. I just think, I don't really understand what Chicago is. So, one, Thad Young is playing better than Larry Markkinen. So, that's yeah. an issue. In a totally different way, though. In a totally different way, but that's still an issue. You have, like... Right. I he, get, he's I, more of a closing five, though. Right, but you, but, but you have Wendell Carter Jr. So, I get it. Like, you know, Bulls fans are like, ah, oh, no, Carter Jr. and Markkinen are the future. It's like, okay, you also have Kobe White and Zach Levine as your, you know, closing guards. Right. Maybe you put Garrett, Garrett, Temple, Garrett Temple up there or Sadoransky because you need some defense. Right. But, I don't know, I like, Gary Harris can pay $19 million. He can defend the ball. He can decent shooter. Oh, Sorry, he's not a decent shooter. Geez. What what is she? I like I love Gary Harris. I just can't imagine them trading away twenty three or twenty four year old Larry Markinen for Gary Harris. For I don't know why they would do that. Like why not just ride it out because it, it was a sign. You think it's too early to give up? Well, I, and I also too like number one. If I'm the Bulls, I'm not going to win anytime soon. I don't think this is actually right. being led team and Patrick Williams coming down the pipeline. It's going to win anytime soon. Patrick Williams looking like a steal. People, yeah, I mean, that four, again, people, he was like number 30 on the draft board two months before the draft. So I don't know. Right. You don't need to fact check that. But he moved up the draft and was going. Yeah. So um, I just have a, I can't imagine the Bulls trading Larry Markin in for Gary Harris. That just seems so wild. I just think if, if you're nug- the Nuggets, absolutely. Oh, the Nuggets, yeah, of course. The Nuggets I think the that. Nuggets are like, absolutely. If I can get off Harris's contract, Bring in Sadoransky, little vet- veteran guard to throw on with Compasso. Right. Assuming that the Nuggets would do more moves, because then you have four point guards potentially there. I, if I can get Markkinen, 
to pair with Jokic. Yeah, it'd be unbelievable. But you'd have to give up picks to do that. Yeah, and maybe and maybe that's worth it to Chicago. I just don't. I don't think that Chicago is looking at marketing with like, you know, a smile on their face at this really? point. Really? No. Well, I, I they're think obviously they're... lower on marketing than he is on himself. Well, who who would you be marketing. higher on, Carter Jr. or marketing? I'd be higher on Carter Jr. for sure. Yeah. Marketing was playing good before he got hurt. He always gets hurt. I know he always gets hurt. And he can only score. He's, yeah, but there's he's moments not... with him though where it's like, damn. Right. Seven, I, seven feet, can shoot over anyone. Yeah, capable shooter. Oh, he's he's a prototypical NBA player. Like, yeah, he's he's got all all the yeah, made out of glass. So, I just, he's not. There's no way they would just do Gary Harris. I'm sorry. I know I've gone back to that hundred times. They'd have to get asset, future assets to make right. that work their well. Next one. Okay. Your boy, Buddy Hield. Yep. For Kyle Anderson and Justice Winslow. The salaries it works on trade machine. Yeah. And so Sacramento's just taking on Anderson and then they're like, ah, we like Winslow chances. Yeah. Yeah, that's an okay deal. Again, depends how high people are on heel. I think Memphis would like that. I think heel would help Memphis for sure. Yeah. Um I do they like, this is do they also, like the money he's getting with that to draft them for signing like Jaron Jackson signed to a contract? Well, they have the bigger issues they have the Gorgie Dang contract but justice winslow is also getting paid 13 million for what yeah I and mean, he also getting what like 24 million 24 million yeah so yeah i i this is again assuming memphis makes some other moves because i really think it's time to part with dylan brooks i think that experiment is over is dylan brooks have the ugliest shot in the nba do you think no it's pretty ugly i is it's ugly it's up there for me in the really shot. oh yeah it's, Interesting. Okay. It's weird looking. Go look. look again, next time you watch Memphis, it's weird yeah. looking. Now I, Who, I. Sorry, just really quick. I don't want to side chat. Who's an uglier shot then? Like when you think. Of I think shot? well, slow mo. Like I were talking about as an uglier shot. Too Brandon bad. Clark also. Oh, maybe I'm Memphis. Brand- Memphis just has a really. Maybe I'm thinking of Brandon. Go- maybe I'm go- not. Even- dude, Gorgie Dang shot. Jonas Valanciunas shot. They're all weird shots. Maybe I'm actually thinking of Brandon Clark shot, not Dylan Brooks's shot. Because if I there's yeah. one other guys. Yeah, actually, it might be Brandon Clark who I'm thinking of. Yeah. It's ugly. Michael K. Gilchrist is up there. Anyways. Yes. Okay, so this one, I the reason I see value in this is, one, okay, well, the obvious thing that I think Memphis fans would say is no, because, like, oh, I don't want to pay Buddy Heald. I have this... They have an issue at shooting guard right now where it's you have Grayson Allen, Brooks, Melton, and Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain's a stud. Shooting at a super high clip. Anthony Melton is also a stud who's like a hybrid one and two. And then you got Dylan Brooks and Grayson Allen, which no one really knows why they're getting minutes. Right. So presumably Memphis does another move that either Allen shipped out with Jang on another deal or whatever. I just think Buddy Heald, Buddy Heald's ability to shoot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Space the floor and also his desire to probably get out of Sacramento with the emergence of Halliburton. Yeah. And also I think he, even last year, I think he really wanted to be traded, but he wants like a good role on a team. I don't think he wants to be a, the sixth and guy. He's like thirty five. He's gonna retire pretty soon. But he really is. But he's only got a few years left. You know, so he'll take his chances. Not having so. How old is Buddy? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's he's twenty seven. He's under thirty. Yeah. yeah, but I'm like it's still. Yeah. He hasn't been in the league for his 
Yeah. I think Kyle Anderson, too, is interesting because, you know, he's got a lot of run with Jaron Jackson out. But I like, I don't know. I just think that Memphis is a weird team because I really like Memphis, but I think they could really use some shooters, especially because Jaw is not that guy who's going to just knock down trays. Yeah. You know? Because Memphis is interesting because they don't have that prototypical, like when you think of the best point guards in the league, they're all competent shooters. Yeah. And Jaw's capable, but not. He's capable, but he's not. Not great. Do I want Jaw icing the game from three over like a Paul George? I don't think so. Yes. Right. So I just think, you know, having someone who is like actually competent shooting threes. Yes, I understand Desmond Bain. Memphis fans love, love him. Dylan Brooks is not a good player. Right. He is not a good player. So, anyways, that's it. Let's move on to yours. I feel like mine were pretty ice cold, so. No, they were bad. Uh, Harrison Barnes. What's going on with Harrison Barnes? Yeah, well, obviously everyone knows this, the Celtics, you know, fought and, I don't know, he's, he's, getting, pay, he's getting paid $22 million. It's not a, it's right. not a cheap sum. Right. He's a great guy, you know, la-di-da-da, vice president of the Players Union, la-di-da-da. Great year, too. Sure, but... Got a good year. Can shoot threes. Capable defender. Is Harrison Barnes overvalued because of his time in Golden State? No. I think he might be a bit undervalued because of his time in Golden State. Really? Well, he didn't have zero points in Game 7. Am I tripping? How many points did he have in that Game 7? I think it might have been zero. I'll, we can fact check that. We'll Just the ultimate glue point. guy. Well, the ultimate glue guy, uh, and he also had moments to... Here, I'll check that for you. Yeah, wait. you check that. You check it while I talk. The ultimate glue guy, um, but he's been, again, I think his, even though he might have been wretched in the 2016 championship, obviously he won the 2015 championship. Um, you do, you, you can do everything you want uh, for your team in terms of if you're going to have him at four or at three, he's a capable defender, he can hit threes, he can shoot off the dribble, he's smart, he can pass well. He's a great teammate, and he's not getting paid an insatiable amount of money. Right. So. I think you're talking about game six, four years ago. In 2016? Yeah. Zero points, zero from eight from the field, zero from five from three. Bad. But. So that's what I'm saying. I think he's, oh, I actually have Harrison Barnes open right here. Um. (laughs) I was looking up his stats on my own. Literally the last thing I had open on my phone was Harrison Barnes' stat. Uh, I think he gets overrated because, or underrated because of the swath that they had. Right. He's not cutting it. We got to get Durant. I mean, anyone's going to take Durant out for him. But. Of course. Yeah, I think Boston, like, it makes sense, and I'm convinced enough with, you know, all the dialogue about that. I also feel like there's teams like Atlanta. Oh, I think it makes sense. But what about Denver? Yeah, Denver. I think there's like he would he's, be incredible he's, on Denver. Yeah, he's you know one of the last few like probably solid three and D guys from the last five years. You know, yep. who who would like the Covingtons, the Jay Crowders, yep. like those not, guys. Not as good of a defender maybe as those guys. But. Sure, but still competent enough to to warrant like a spot as yeah. a starter. And he's better off the dribble than those guys in terms of shooting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But I don't know, man. I I think he. I don't know if his like what what's a guy like that like what's your mo? He's not he's not a big ego. I don't think he's like ah get me get me to a contender. Otherwise, I'm gonna right. you know me and Chris Paul are gonna 
turn all the GMs yeah. against you. Or, I don't know. It's just a weird one. It's it's twenty two million. It's not like I said. It's not. A, if it was seventeen million, I think it's a lot more di- different. How, but how did Denver make that deal happen? With Barnes? Yeah. Because Denver, I think, would be a. I think he'd be great on Denver. Well, again, do you put Gary Harris in there, man? That's well, the majority. Of it. That's nineteen million of the twenty four yeah. that you need to. And then a few picks. Yeah, you probably yeah, you, you, you probably have to, you probably have to throw someone else in there. Vivek wants prospects. He, he that's yeah. all. Like until Sacramento like just tears it all down, you need prospects. So you need to give him someone. Is it Bull Bull? I don't know. Yeah, maybe Bull Bull. Uh, maybe Campazzo. No. Um, uh, Hampton. Hampton. I think RJ Hampton. You Bull Bull and Hampton could fit in a deal. Maybe not both of them. I don't know, man. RJ Hampton's dad might lose his lid if his son gets traded to Sacramento. Why? He pays stuff. RJ Hampton was drafted by the Bucks, correct? And then traded to the Nuggets? Maybe. I remember RJ Hampton was ranked like top three at one point in the draft. There's a clip of RJ Hampton's dad throwing his son's draft hat when he was drafted to the Bucks. I've seen that, yeah. I believe it was the Bucks. Anyways, don't really know what's going on. Yeah, I think you, you have to, like, if you're Denver, I think if you can get off of, you know, Millsap or Gary Harris's contract, that's the move. Maybe Jermichael Green. I'm a bit higher on Jermichael Green than other people are. Right. But, yeah, I I think, yeah, and then I guess presumably you, you move on from Will Barton, right. and then you have Harrison Barnes as, like, your main uh, small forward. Maybe you can bring someone in to help out, but... Or maybe you keep Will Barton. Yeah, I think he like he he's really no matter what way you cut it, he could go on a team like the Hawks that's like rebuilding. Oh, yeah. Contribute, yeah. He or he go on a contender, you know, like the Nuggets could be or Boston or whatever. But maybe those fringe contenders. Right. I think the Nuggets or Boston, two fringe contenders, it would be good for him. Yeah. He'd be really helpful for those teams. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, okay, so I think Harrison Barnes. I was trying to bring up Harrison Barnes. Chad for Kyle Lowry. I wish there was another deal. I feel like Philly is the most obvious for Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Um, I don't know another potential, like, maybe the Clippers could Kyle. Like, he would be on the Clippers. would be really good. What do you think of Oladipo? Yeah, Oladipo, does he bring value defensively anymore? He had a good start in Houston, and then he's been bad pretty much the last 10 years since his first game he's got great hands he can steal the ball and he yeah. can apply pressure i will give him that he's still good defensively yeah and i think he's proven himself to a point that people would trust him in big moments right i don't know who would want if he would be interested in oladipo at this point like, there's rumors about golden state but golden state's like ah oh, there's no golden state i bet you won't make a single deal at the deadline no that's that would be pretty fun like them unless they're like we we think andrew wiggins is I mean, people talk about Kelly Oubre, but they don't want to pay Kelly Oubre after this year, so they trade him. There's like also like Andy Wiggins. There's someone. There's a suitor for Andy Wiggins' contract. Maybe they take that so they can sign a free agent. Or anyway, so we didn't talk about Golden State. Um, uh, yeah, I the other trade. Yeah, I was more just thinking Lowry would be a big piece. There's some talk about like Zach Levine getting traded. Trade, yeah, be, yeah. There's weird talk about that. If I'm know, Chicago, I there's no way I have to be. You have to give well, me what like, about, like, the Bra- biggest erection. Is Bradley to... Beal still around? Like, is he still available to get dealt? 
Dude, I don't... Bradley Beal is one of the weirdest storylines. Yeah. I have no clue what's going on. Yeah, Bradley Beal. I, I could, I, one, I could see, you know, out of nowhere, there'd just be a report he's going to Denver or... I think Golden State's got the best package for Beal. Really? I've always, I've always said that, yeah. yeah. I, I could because see something can, like that. Because you can get Wiggins to match salary. You can do Wiseman and the Minnesota pick they have for the top three year protected this year unprotected next if, year so okay you're you're a big Warriors guy yeah if you get Bradley Beal you're off of Wiseman just like that yes no hesitation wouldn't question it really yes and I think partially because by the time Wiseman again I I'm not a scout to determine what Wiseman could be I think Wiseman's even though he hasn't played that well since the start of the year his ceiling's pretty high I think if he can shoot the ball well and he can learn defensive reads and understand how to be a positive defender. Yeah. Which I think he could be. He's, he's fresh, man. He's fresh. Only, what, one year of college? Three college games. Barely played. Has size. Has tools. Doesn't seem to like to catch lobs. It seems like a problem. There's some things that are like, uh, is that like a habit that you can break out of? Or is that just you being nervous about being in the NBA and never really playing in a game? That's that's significant for the last two years, essentially. Um. But it, I think for him, for him to be uh, good, I think will be past the point of Steph's effectiveness, Draymond's effectiveness, and Clay's effectiveness. So it seems like Draymond's still effective, still a great passer. Still, honestly, you can say this on the pod, I think Draymond's still one of the best passers in the NBA. So that's why I'm like, at, at that point, if you have a great passer, Clay can be, who knows, uh, Clay is a huge question mark. Anyway, I'm saying if you have a chance to get Beal, you deal with Wiseman. You don't question it, too. Especially because Clay can play the three, too, and it wouldn't be the end of the world for Clay, and you can play Beal at the two. But I don't know if they're going to, I don't think that's going to happen this trade deadline. But is he available, right? Like, does Washington want to keep holding on to Beal for what? The guy turned 28 this year, or just turned 28? Yeah. What are you, what are you waiting for? You're not going to be good. The Wizards will not be good anytime soon. What's going well for the Wizards right now? Well, they, uh, some would say, like, Westbrook might have. Slightly turned a corner there. Like they, I watched. I watched the yeah. third quarter of them playing the Bucks today. They're competing. Yeah, I don't hate to be honest with you. Every report about Westbrook, like, I, and Beal was not playing, mind you. Right. But Beal said the other day he's the best teammate he's ever had. Russ. Who said that? Bradley Beal. He said the other day he's the best teammate I've ever had. Russ Westbrook. Yes. And I'm like, okay, like I for all Russ's. I believe that. Yeah, me too. For all Russ's problems, he competes. I agree with you. He competes, but they're not gonna be good anytime soon. There's no way in the next three years they're good. So then I'm like, well, what's the point of holding on to Beal then for that timeline? Unless you get some crazy, unless you really, blow, I don't even know if the Wizards. Yeah, if they, well, they don't have a lot of young prospects. That's the yeah, Mike. They, yeah. Denny Avia. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I, I like Denny Avia. I like Denny Avia, but you have Davis Bertans and Garrison Matthews. Like, you have shooters. You have, I don't know. And you have, I don't know. I'm not high on Hachimura. I think you could trade Hachimura. I'd give up on that pretty quick. Right. But right. anyone else you want to talk about? I feel we're we're yeah. we're, we're stretching we're this out here. to the end here. I don't know if there's anyone specifically. I think the big most likely pieces biggest would be Lowry. Yeah, of course. And he could help any any team. Yeah, really. he's probably the most like when yeah. you look at trade deadlines, he's probably the most like where is he going? Yeah, I feel like he could also. I don't know where the deal would be. You could help Boston. I don't know if Boston would have a deal for him. Well, we, 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 you'd yeah, have to Kemba would have to be in the deal. And said, do you want to go with Lowry? But you probably don't want to do Kemba. So, 
He helped all. He would help every. I think he'd help most teams too, right? He'd help again if there's a Clippers deal, which is impossible because yeah. there's no way they just want to leave Lou and Pat there. It's not worth it. He'd really help the Clip. Um, so we can talk about him and Harrison Barnes, the other piece. Contracts a bit more manageable. Return wouldn't be unbelievable. So yeah. He could help. And then you know, superstars getting traded. I think Beal. Beal. Yeah. My dark horse. I don't know if this would be possible, but Towns. Yeah, that's yeah, that'd be crazy. Towns return would be bonkers. Yeah, I think it would have to be. Yeah, I don't even know where he'd go. I don't even know who'd want him. Who'd want to pay for that? Phoenix. I think I think Towns on Phoenix. Would so be then good. Towns for Aiden plus yeah fillers. You'd you'd swap Aiden. You'd give up on the Aiden experiment. And you'd give up on multiple unprotected first round picks. Yeah. Towns on. Towns book. Chris Paul. Bridges. Crowder. Closing five. That's unreal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very good closing five. Even defensively. I know Towns and Booker. Towns and Booker, for the record, pretty weak defensive. I still hope there's They're boys, there. though. They're boys. And there's things with Towns that I still... It sounds bad, and, and maybe there's not too much proof. If he locked in on D, I think he could figure it out. I think if he chose to... Yeah. I think he could. He might not be great. I was I was thinking of you today. I watched the first quarter of uh, the Wolves playing the Blazers in Minnesota tonight, and he uh, it was bad. He's bad. Yeah, he just doesn't yeah. care. Lillard like switch on to Lillard late. Lillard was struggling to start the game. Right. Get puts Lillard to the free throw line, gets him going, and right. yeah, still ended. He still ended with thirty four points. Towns. Towns. So he like he's absolutely. Was the best shooting seven footer. One of the best shooting seven footers ever. Yeah, he's he's up there currently. Yeah, but his numbers are like Dirk Nowitzki esque. Oh yeah, he he's like, it's not. I don't know what his average field goal is right now, but it's. I'd say it's. I'd put money. It's over yeah. forty. The I don't have it in front of me. He's very very efficient. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but and he's twenty five anyway. Yeah, he's a stud. Uh, I think to close, uh, like I said, Lowry and Barnes would be the two real sick guys in the. Yeah, a couple of dark, dark We need to talk about there. Miami, too. I don't know if there's a package Miami could do for Lowry, but he would be great in Miami, too. No. But then you probably can't do it without giving up Dragic, and then is he really worth an upgrade over Dragic at this point? Probably not. So. Yeah. Tucker, too, I think will be... Yeah. It's a, another tough one to, to go through. And then who knows what the Spurs will do with yeah. Aldridge. They have some and other... And DeRozan. Like, yeah. DeRozan could also help a lot of yeah. teams, too. My big... Sorry, I know I feel like we keep stretching it. My biggest thing with the Spurs is they do not need... Like guards, yeah, their guards of the future are. I'm like probably most excited about those guards: Derek White, Murray, Dejounte Murray, Devin Vassell, and maybe like you call Kel- Kelvin Johnson. He's a four. People three. love Kelvin. Jo- I've yeah. I've never he's watched good. a single. He's good. Man. To focus he's good. On him. Yeah, really, really good. What does he do? Does he shoot well? What does he do well? He's just a like athletic, versatile like, right. you know medium height type of guy like he's I don't know do the Spurs have the best development in the NBA because I feel like every guy on that team I think of, I'm like I I feel like I would trust you yeah it's it's up there man Raptors are up there too Raptors would be the other team Nuggets are up there I yeah. think as well no but the Spurs there's some like all those guys I even think about even even going back to their runs like there's certain guys like Danny Green like where did Danny Green come from out of nowhere mm-hmm. his Seven threes in a finals game against Miami. Yeah. I, again, there's just moments. Even I think of Murray. I think of White. Patty Mills. Patty Mills, who I know is getting a lot older now. 
Mm-hmm. Like those guys are just very capable NBA players. Yeah. Like rotation level, you you're okay with them clothing. They don't have to. Great teammates. They I mean it's also drafting. They draft the kind of guys that they know are perfect. They pros. I think of them most of their core as being pros. Even DeRozan, I'm like DeRozan is the kind he fits the Spurs mold. Well, I know he wasn't Spurred for the majority of his career, but anyway, yeah, works out. I think DeRozan too also would be another name. I don't know if anyone would want him. Clips. Yeah, Clips, could they deal anything? I don't even know who they did. Who would you deal for DeRozan? Yeah, I get, like... Zero picks. Those, the contracts, like, you said it earlier, like, it's, it's bet, like, Bab's getting 9 million, I believe, Lou's getting 13 to 17, something, and then Marquise getting, or Marcus, sorry, he's getting 14. Yeah, Marcus and... So, but, like, if you're the Spurs, do you look at any of those guys and, like, uh... Marcus, Lou, and three second-round picks. Yeah, I'd like that. He would he would help the he would help the clip too. It'd be, it'd be crowded with Leonard and, yeah, and George. Those, yeah, the point though with those guys is everyone's chirping. None of those guys are there's no amazing passers on the clip. Right. That's why I think a guy like Lowry again is impossible. They need Milos Teodosic back, man. I would have given him to him, brother. Anyways, we we've dragged this out long enough. Uh if you're still with us, thank you for listening. We'll be back. We'll be back with some episodes. Yo, multiple, multiple trade deadline, maybe trade deadline day. You never know, but yeah, we got some stuff in the works. So stay tuned for that. Thank you guys for listening. Catch you next time.